Hello and welcome to the very first episode of On The Grid podcast um, with obviously association with Prost International. I'm here with co-host Cam Anderson and co-host Harvey Todd and today we're going to be having a look back at Bahrain and previewing uh, the Imola Grand Prix which will happen this weekend. So Cameron, um, first of all going to you, uh, welcome, our very first episode of the show. Um, We'll look at back at Bahrain, first of all, and obviously looking at Max versus Lewis at the front of the grid. What mm. did you think of that battle? And second of all, did you think Max overtook um, out of the track? There's a, the, the heat of debate is going to stop here. <laughs> Straight in with controversy. I love it. I think the overtake was fair. Right. So to start off with, I thought more than obviously Lewis was was very good. But the fact that two Mercedes were at the front really, I mean, Red Bull had something that they really couldn't cope with, uh, with Hamilton going for the undercut. And they soon realised it after the first pit stop and were always on the back foot. Um, having to pit Verstappen a handful of laps later and having to catch up, always basically going to have to gain track position when it comes to the end of the race. So they always knew that it was going to be an on-track battle. When it came to it with... I think he had like 12 laps or so to catch up from memory. And I could see that he was obviously going in relatively, not slowly, but he could have gone a lot quicker, but didn't want to take the full use out of the tyres. And he got up to Hamilton. And I just knew that Hamilton was going to make that Mercedes, the widest Mercedes that he's ever, ever done in his life, because it's one of the battles that all us fans have wanted to see for months. It got to it. Goes to look down the inside at turn one, leads up to turn three, gets a great exit. Verstappen round the outside. Look, I'll say it, he should give the position back and it's not a legal overtake. But the thing for me is the consistency with the stewards. It's when other people do it throughout the race as well. Uh, I think it was uh, Ocon or Alonso. It kind of led to a move, so gained an advantage, yet he didn't get any kind of penalty. And seeing it after that Hamilton did did extend the track limits, I think, nearly 29 to 31 times. So I'll say it's not a legal overtake, but Verstappen could have given the position back in a different place to kind of help him, but it is still very much controversial, to say the least. Yeah, 100% controversial, to say the least. Uh, obviously, we saw Lewis win the race and Max prop up in P2. But Harvey, uh, making your debut on the podcast, as we all are as well, what are your thoughts on the consistency of the stewards? Like Cameron said, the consistency wasn't there. Obviously, Hamilton and a number of drivers were extending track limits um, outside of turn four. What are your thoughts on um, the stewards? And do you think they were consistent enough? I don't think it was particularly consistent uh, at Bahrain. I think the white line's the white line. You go anything over that. If you've all got all four wheels off that, then you know, you're, you're exceeding the track limits. I am happy to see that the FAA are taking more no-nonsense track limits in Imola, which is something that we've needed for a while because, you know, you can pretty much get nearly a whole car length, uh, car width off the track, and you're gaining a, quite a big advantage from that. Um, but, yeah, I, in my opinion, I don't think the overtake was off track it was done on track but he sort of got squeezed there's nothing you can do in that situation 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, it's, it's controversial, uh, to say the least, with the overtake. But we'll have a we'll have a look at their battles further on uh, whilst we talk whilst we talk now about Valtteri and Sergio. Valtteri came in P3, and Sergio obviously absolute masterclass from the pit lane to P5. He's known for being Mister Consistent. Cameron, what are your thoughts on Sergio's opening race? Obviously, qualifying wasn't the best for Sergio, but he mm. he, he delivered in the race. Yeah, obviously he didn't get off to the best of starts after the formation lap where it looked like even his, his debut wouldn't even get a debut, basically. But um, yeah, it did kind of give me flashbacks to the Sakia Grand Prix where he went and won, uh, coming from the back, but obviously without the winning this time. Um, I think with any new driver at a new team, you've got to give him at least three to four rounds to really kind of adapt to, to the new machinery underneath him. So I'm, I'm hoping that he'll get... Look, I'm not expecting him to get as quick as Max in qualifying. When it comes to the race, I'm expecting to be a lot closer when it comes down to tyre degradation and all of that. But um, we'll have to see. Bottas is clearly, for me, just, just a number two driver to kind of on the back burner. If Hamilton goes out of the race, hopefully Valtteri's there to pick up the pieces. Yeah, um, we've, we've obviously Sergio and Bottas being um, two number two drivers uh, in the Red Bull and the Mercedes. Harvey, do you think it will be uh, the mistakes of Hamilton and maybe Verstappen that prop up Perez and uh, Bottas up in the order and therefore make the Red Bull um, versus Mercedes championship constructor championship battle ever so tighter? Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting between um, those four. I think Mercedes and Red Bull pretty much neck and neck in terms of where the car is, you're going to have some circuits where the Mercedes is stronger. You're going to have some circuits where the Red Bull's stronger. But then, you know, you've got the second drivers. Neither Bottas and Perez are going to be challenging for victories all season long, like the teammates. But I think it's just going to be who can win in the battle between those two. And then obviously you've got the McLarens coming up as well, who could could throw a little bit of a curveball in there. Um, but no, I think... If you're going to ask me now, I think it'll be Red Bull that comes out on top of the constructors' battle. That's a very interesting point you've made because we were, we you stated about McLaren and Lando Norris was 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 wasn't far behind in P4. Obviously, he had he had a cracking race as well, but like Cameron said. Ricardo in P7, I believe he got in the end, needs needs to get that needs to get that experience under the machinery. Cameron, going back to you, do you think McLaren uh, will be able to hold on to that uh, third place in the constructors championship uh, this season after the opening round in Bahrain? Look, I'm hoping so. I'm kind of a McLaren fan. They're from just around the corner to me, about 10 minutes away. So I'm hoping they get third. Also a Lando Norris fan, so. You know, we'll have a bit of biased opinion here, I'm not going to lie. But, um, yeah, I think Norris is kind of criminally underrated, can I say, against Daniel Ricciardo, who, let's be honest, uh, championship material driver. Um, we saw when he went to Renault that it takes him a few races to adapt. People saying that at the start, him being kind of late on the brakes, is it just down to the Red Bull? Um, but as time progressed, he got better, as any driver will. 
And I think it'll be a really tight battle come the end of the season between the two. Do I think McLaren will get third in the championship? To be honest, I think it'll be down to how well the Ferrari do in uh, constantly upgrading their car. I think that Alfa Romeo have been, uh, not Alfa Romeo, sorry, Alfa Tari have been really good with Yuki Tsunoda and Gasly um, since they were the sister team of Red Bull. Um, and I mean, Aston Martin, they're, they're really kind of hurting with the, with the lower rake system that they've got in the car. It's a good segue that you mentioned Ferrari because we saw Ferrari in Q2. It was it was P1 and P2 from Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. And you, you were thinking, is is it time for Ferrari to be absolutely flying up there? But mm. Charles Leclerc did did have a, another good race in P6 with Carlos in P8. Harvey, um, looking at your thoughts, do you think Ferrari have made amends from a miserable time that they had last season? I think they're going to get there eventually. I think P6 and P8 in the first race of the season is very, very good. You know, Norris was battling with Leclerc at points. Uh, Ricard, uh, sorry, Sainz was having a good battle with um, Alonso and Vettel in the middle part of the race. So we're sort of seeing the grid sort of form itself into a bit of a mould now where, you know, you've got the top two teams Red Bull and Mercedes. And then obviously you've got McLaren and, and Ferrari. And I, I do think Ferrari will come fourth in the Constructors' Championship this year. Um, but going on to next year, if they can build the de- build the development well into the regulations change, then who knows where Ferrari will be in 12 months' time. Being a Ferrari fanboy, you saying that Ferrari getting fourth is is a delight, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. But, but, I mean, we spoke about Sonoda. Obviously, it was his first race in Bahrain, and you, you've got to say you, you were impressed with him, uh, getting, getting his first points in his first race. Harvey, for a rookie to, to step up into Formula One, to have his first race to get points... Surely it's a step in the right direction for Sonoda. I was really impressed with how he ran throughout the Bahrain weekend. I thought in qualifying, excellent. And in the race, excellent once again. You know, if you compare him to the other two rookies on the grid, Schumacher and Mazepin, there's a very good platform for him to build off going on into the season. It would have been interesting to see where he would have compared to Gasly uh, had Gasly not had the issue on the restart, but we'll see, we'll find out in Imola if they can both have a good race where they stack up against each other because Sonoda could be the surprise package this year and I think he's got a very, very bright future ahead of him. Yeah, he, he obviously showed his talents in Formula 2 last season, becoming the best rookie, getting 200 points. He was close to... Callum Eilat, never mind um, getting getting the championship. So I mean, it will be it will be um, nice to see Sonoda get consistent points on a regular basis. Um, but moving on to Alpine and Aston Martin, Cameron. I mean, Alpine have some issue there. Ocon mm. finishing thirteenth, Alonso not even finishing. There's reports that. There's clearly not not the right that this is going to be more of a, a stepping stone, and they're gonna it's going to be a transition period for them. Aston Martin as well, Vettel in fifteenth, Stroll getting the only point 
what are your thoughts on them? Do you think they they do have a realistic chance of still still battling with McLaren and um, Ferrari in that? Yeah, in that well, um, the one thing I will say about this season is that it is kind of a stepping stone season, and that with the regulation changes next year, especially for new teams, we'll say Aston Martin, Alpine. I'm going to put Ferrari in it because they've got nothing to lose this year. That the next year they get more time in the wind tunnel to develop the following year's car which if you're Ferrari or we'll say Aston Martin, who now got a lot of funding, you, you have really got a lot of time and resources to be able to make a championship winning car that could potentially leapfrog Mercedes who get significantly less time. Um, I'm told that Alpine have got an upgrade this weekend. Last week, well, three weeks ago, um, it wasn't good, let's be honest. I don't think that Ocon has... The quality, I mean, he's always been up against great uh, teammates and Alonso coming in isn't going to help him because Alonso, you've seen since he's come in, he's really kind of proved his quality and without even having those years out of the sport, he hasn't lost one bit of it. And I think uh, he could have potentially still finished in the points come come the end of the race and uh, in qualifying, he really showed his pace. So hopefully um, they'll take a step up this weekend where a year ago Imola was very good for Renault so hopefully Alpine can kind of translate that but when it comes to Aston Martin um they're really I saw Otmar Safnauer was really kind of complaining after the race he was just going on about the high rake and how it's kind of taken away like half of their car and the Vettel obviously has still got a few races to adapt to it but even Stroll last year when he was doing well he's still kind of lingering around the kind of end of the points it's, it's not a good start to what is kind of a new era for Aston Martin yeah new era for Aston Martin same with Alpine but a team that really struck me and looked destined for points it was Alfa Romeo and Alfa Romeo with Kimi Raikkonen in 11th and Joe Benazzi in 12th I personally thought they'd, they'd creep in to get some points because like their car is identical, I'd say identical, because it more or less is to their last year's car with with uh, with a livery. But do you, Harvey, do you think Alfa Romeo could creep into the points if the likes of Alpine and Aston Martin don't pounce on those opportunities and Alfa Romeo could pounce on the opportunities that those two teams miss? I think we will see an Alfa Romeo in the points. Um, it's too early to say who yet. But it was in the mid-stage of the race at Bahrain. I was just checking the the timing tower on the left-hand side of the screen. I was like, since when were Alfa Romeo that high up? You know, because they'd sort of gone completely under the radar for the majority of the race. Um, it was only down to a little bit of bad luck that they didn't get into the points. And I think... It'll, it'll be a very, very tight battle for the points. Um, but yeah, I do think there potentially could be an Alfa Romeo in the points this weekend. I'd like to think that. I'd like to think, think so. Yeah, you, you'd like to think, though. Um, obviously, Alfa Romeo, if they don't pounce, could Williams have the opportunity? We saw Russell battling midway through 4-10 with Raikkonen, but Raikkonen did overtake, and he did take that 10th place. But Moving on to, like we said, Williams. 
have Cameron, I'm going to go to you. Do you think Williams are making the steps in the right direction? We saw Latifi retire uh, in the latter stages, Russell in 14. Do you think there's, there's a springboard that they can bounce up and potentially get some points uh, along the way? Um, let's not forget where they came from a few years ago, where they could barely kind of put a card together for pre-season testing, to say the least. But since then, the Williams has come forward. It hasn't come, hasn't got as quick as probably they'd like to. And they still, um, I mean, on Saturday, I'd say they're probably in the fight still a little bit within the midfield. Um, look, if they get to Q3, it's an amazing result. And it's only George Russell that's going to get to Q3. Um, but I think realistically, so they've there's got to be quite a lot of retirements or there's got to be a late safety car or, or something kind of out of the ordinary to kind of put Russell in the points, Latifi even more, because I, I know he got the highest result last year, Latifi, but um, we all know on, on raw pace that George Russell is kind of levels above uh, the Canadian. Yeah, levels above the Canadian, but... I mean, Latifi has looked to improve, uh, obviously not from the first race, but he is he is looking to improve year, year on year. And hopefully he can pick up the pieces if George Russell can't in that, in that respect. But moving to the back of the field, Haas, um, disaster class. Uh, I mean, there's memes of Mazepin, Mazepin, whatever you want to call him. It doesn't look like the card's going to be under them this season. Schumacher, yes, they've got two rookies with Mick Schumacher and Mazepin uh, at the wheel now. But Mazepin, he, he, he completed more laps, more safety car laps, more formation laps, shall I say, than he did actual race laps. Cameron, going back to you, do you think Haas will be at the back of the grid this season? Because it's not looking good for them. I really, really feel sorry for them, to be honest. And I I said it to a few people, not not Haas, but I've, I wouldn't be surprised if their backing left Formula One soon um, and kind of Mazepin's dad bought out the team. I wouldn't be surprised one bit um, because I think they're getting fed up. They're just slowly creeping backwards uh, year by year. And look, I know Schumacher brings a lot of sponsorship and, and whatnot. Um, Mazepin, obviously his dad's backing, but I'm not too sure that they they themselves are within the top 20 drivers that should be in Formula One. Um, and it was kind of proved when we had the Bahrain Grand Prix. The Haas isn't an easy car to drive. It's, it's been like that for quite some time. But um, on this kind of note, I do feel sorry for Mazepin a little bit. I've seen, I know that he's spinned quite a lot and obviously especially at turn two, three where he went straight into the wall. But we saw only a matter of laps later, uh, Schumacher spin himself. But obviously the wall's um, not as close, so got away with it on that occasion. But it, I think they're, both of them are very surprised with what they've got at the moment. It still feels like a big step up from Formula 2. But when you've got the rest of the field kind of seconds ahead, it's, it's a bit daunting on the two rookie drivers. Yeah, we, we spoke about Sonoda, obviously. He's he's in an Alvatari car, which obviously will be, without a shadow of a doubt, better than the Haas. But Harvey, 
going to you. Uh, I mean, Haas have, have shown that their car doesn't look to be good this season, uh, that they're likely going to be looking at the 2022 regulations. Do you think they'll be looking at 2022 as a way they could bounce back to their previous form where they finish, I believe it was fifth in 2016 in the constructors, if I'm not mistaken. But do you think they could bounce back to those heights with the 2022 uh, regulations? It seems like they're putting all their eggs in the 2022 basket and it's a very big gamble. It all hinges on what everyone else does. I mean, if everyone come the middle point of the season says, right, we're stopping development and we're going to put all our, all our eggs into the 2022 basket, then it's going to be very, very interesting to see where has to end up. Obviously, you've only got to look at the 2013 to 2014 regulation change where, you know, that really hindered Red Bull um, and was pretty much what helped Mercedes become so dominant. So, you know, regulation changes are quite big. Some teams get it right, some teams get it wrong. Has to taken a big gamble and they could potentially come perhaps fifth or sixth in the constructors. But again, it depends on everything that goes on around them, driver market, uh, the regulation change, where everyone else is, um, how much everyone upgrades certain areas. It's going to be interesting, nevertheless. Yeah, very, very true. But now, moving on to Imola. Obviously, this weekend, we've, we haven't seen racing for three, for three weeks now, so um, I believe everybody here is glad that they can finally see a race happen uh, for the first time in three weeks. But last year, we saw Bottas qualify P1 with Hamilton and Verstappen, the top three. Cameron, moving to you, do you think that is likely to replicate again, but in a different order? Maybe Verstappen is a... Is a pole sitter again for a second time mm. this season? Um, we'll have to see, I suppose. Um, I know they've starved us for F1 for three weeks. They've given, given us a little taster and then they've gone, right, you're going to have to wait for the full thing. But um, look, I think Verstappen will get pole. Um, I think that uh, kind of Bahrain over the last couple of years really hasn't suited the Red Bull. And the fact that they were let's say faster faster at Bahrain over one lap is is good it's good for the neutral as well to see that hopefully um Mercedes are on the back burner um I think that Verstappen will get pole I think it'll be Hamilton that gets that gets second um the third place spot is up for grabs I think it could be Perez it could be Bottas I think it could be Gasly I I couldn't tell you who's going to be third place come the end of qualifying yeah, uh, we'll obviously look. We'll obviously look at the predictions a bit later on for the race. But Harvey, do you think it will be another chaotic race at Emila? We saw Verstappen uh, obviously retire. We saw George Russell bin it in the wall from P10. Do you think it'll be another chaotic race at Emila? I think it will. I think Emila. It's one of those tracks, you know, very very narrow, very tight, um, but very fast at the same time and. All those kind of tracks throw up some some brilliant races like we saw at Mugello last year. Very, very similar track. Um, 
I completely agree with the quality prediction. I think Verstappen will get it on pole, then uh, Hamilton, and I'd probably say Bottas, P3. Um, but then in the race, it's all to play for. It all depends what goes on throughout the race. You know, we've got to take into account that, you know, Red Bull's reliability can sometimes be a little bit shaky. So, you know, Verstappen might not even make it to the end of the race. You know, it's anything can happen during the Formula One race. And that's, I suppose, the magic of it. Yeah, the magic of F1 is is obviously having a look at the further further the, the drivers get, the further, well, the closer the chance of potentially not finishing the race is. But Cameron, moving back to you, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the front-running battle? Do you think it will be Hamilton versus Verstappen? How tight do you think that will be? And how, how tightly do you think Bottas and Sergio Perez will uh, come into this battle? Um, I definitely think there will be Hamilton, Verstappen at the front. Um, and I think that Verstappen will be um, kind of a deep. Oh, I don't want to like look back at this in a week's time and go, oh my God, I was so wrong. I think it's going to be a decent chunk clear in um, in qualifying. But I think that um, the Red Bull's a little bit worse in the race. It's better to handle. But then obviously Hamilton kind of comes into his own in the race. I think it'll be a tight battle. But I think whoever takes pole position, hopefully Verstappen, um, goes and wins the race kind of comfortably. Um, Imola doesn't kind of help overtaking. So, I mean, we saw it last year. It was very hard for for Verstappen to overtake Bottas, even when he went off the onto the gravel. Um, and when it comes to Perez and Bottas, I'm hoping it is Perez just because of my sheer disliking to Bottas. But um, fingers crossed, <laughs> it'll have to be Perez. But um, yeah, I just... I just want to see two Red Bulls kind of fighting against Hamilton for once. Yeah, like you say, two Red Bulls fighting at the front versus uh, versus seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton would be a good sight because then it could bring the, the higher chances of Red Bull potentially clinching a Constructors' Championship for the first time in seven years, which would be mind-blowing, to say the least. But, Harvey, the, the midfield battle from the first race, looks tight between McLaren, Ferrari, and you could potentially chuck in Alvatari in there. Um, but do you think it will be either McLaren or Ferrari picking up the pieces in P5, P6, and uh, coming out on top in the midfield battle uh, in Imola? Yeah, I think it will be. I think Leclerc and Norris will be having another tight battle again. Uh, Ricardo will be in and around it, so will Signs. I think those four will have a battle throughout the race, and I'd probably chuck in Pierre Gasly in there as well. I think that'd be pretty much the story of the race as uh, Hamilton chases down for Stappen at the front. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very good race. Um, but I do think more of the action will come in the midfield um, as the top four will be sort of in their own little pack, not really overtaking. Yeah. um, Moving on to the final stage of the Imola preview, our prediction. So I want a top five for quality and a top five for race. I'll go first. Um, So the qualifying, I've gone for Verstappen, the P1. I've gone for... 
uh, Hamilton P2 with Bottas P3, Perez in P4 and Leclerc in P5. And for the race, I've gone Verstappen to convert it. Um, so I've gone Verstappen P1, Hamilton P2, Perez P3, Bottas P4, and I've chucked in a curveball of Pierre Gasly in P5. So I want Cameron to go next. What do you think for right. the qualifying? Uh, qualifying, I think it's be a max pole position from Hamilton in P2. Um, I'll say Bottas in P3. Uh, just because of his good qualifying last year at Emila. Um, Perez, P4, and I'll say uh, Charles Leclerc in P5, just for you. Um, but in the race, I think maybe a bit different. But uh, Verstappen will go for P1 in the race. Uh, Hamilton, P2. Perez, P3. Bottas, P4. And uh, Gasly, P5. Sorry. <laughs> so we've gone for the for the identical same. Okay, Harvey. Did we? Did we? Oh, my God. Yeah, we did. Harvey, switch it up. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I think in qualifying, it'll be Verstappen on pole, uh, Hamilton in second, Bottas in third, Perez in fourth, and I've gone for Norris in fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the race, I've gone Nicholas Lutic now. Um, I've gone for Max Verstappen to win ahead of Lewis Hamilton, uh, ahead of Perez then Bottas, then Ricardo. Oh, okay. Ricardo. A bit like that's 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 a bigger curveball than Gasly, I think. But obviously Gasly retired from the, from his last race and Ricardo could potentially prop up the top five. But into the last segment we go, and I have a little bit of a quiz. Cameron hates me for this because <laughs> he's been disappointed that. Why are you doing a quiz? Why are you doing this? I'm expecting big things. It is big. It is big. It's truly humongous. Basically, I I hope both of you are good at maths uh, because this is going to be driver number equations. So I've gone through 10, I've gone through 10 years in F1 history. Uh, yeah, it starts from it starts from 2010 to this year's. And I've, I've done a bit of uh, some equations, um, obviously accumulating to the driver's numbers. Um, so let's get into it. I'll give it. I'll give you question by question, and then we'll have the answers at the end. Cameron, are you ready? I am ready with my phone out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, both of them. Both of them are using calculators because they haven't done math since GCSE. Shame on you, too. Shame on you. That was so, only two years ago for me. <laughs> the, the, first, the first equation I want you to figure out is Nicholas Latifi. This is 2021 season. So this season, I want you to figure out Nicholas Latifi's number minus Sebastian Vettel's number times by Mick Schumacher's number. Oh... And get, get, make sure you write it down on. Make sure you write it down on on something, and give me a thumbs up when you're ready. And whose number? Schumacher. Schumacher, yes. Uh... I can already see by the screens. You guys obviously won't see it, but by the screens, they're already struggling, and it's only the first question, which is that. Is it times in all of them? 
Well, I said, I said, Nicholas Latifi. Let me go through it again. Nicholas <laughs> minus Sebastian Vettel's number times by Mick Schumacher's number. I don't want any cheating or any peeping of what the numbers are. I want you to do it off the top of your head, Harvey. I'm looking at you. It's only because I've got my um, <laughs> table of all the results for this season. Uh, so I have got all the numbers down one side. Okay. Are you, are you done? Are you two done? Are we, are we ready to move yeah. on to number 10? Ish. Definitely not the right answer, but... Uh, cool. Yeah. Question number two is going back to the 2010 season. So it is Michael Schumacher's number times by Jensen Button's number plus... Um, Cameron made a funny remark about Pedro de la Rosa, but I'm going to even chuck an even dirtier curveball. Lucas de Grassi's number. Oh. <laughs> You've just got to think, think. Obviously, the, the numbers were to do with the teams. So Jensen Button was at McLaren, but. I'm Lucas de Grassi. Uh, plus, plus Lucas Degrassi's number. So you've just got to think of the teams and where they were at that season. History. Right, so it's on. Michael Schumacher. Michael Schumacher times Jensen Button. Plus times. Oh my god. Times Jensen Button. Plus Degrassi. Plus. Have a wild guess if you don't know Degrassi. But I know because I'm the host. That. There we go. Five questions. I get that right. Uh, yeah, I'll go with five. I'll go with five. Best out of five. Um, next, are we ready? Are we good to yeah. go? I'm good to go. Okay, next, I'm going to move in time. I'm going to move eight years forward to 2018. And this is this should be okay. So we'll go with Sorokin. Sorokin's number. Add Brendan Hartley's number minus Roman Grosjean's number. He was in F1 last year and I've completely forgotten his number. You're not getting Brendan any Is that irrelevant? It's not even bringing it up on Google. Oh, that. Are you cheating? Maybe. Nah, I'm not having that. I'm deducting points. <laughs> Points deduction. Don't cheat. It's not. There's no fun with cheating. I'll tell you exactly what I've got in front of me. My calculator <laughs> and the 2021 cal grid and calendar in an Excel spreadsheet. That's oh, it. Is blank. Okay. Are we ready to move on to question four? Yeah. Question four. I am ready. Okay. So. We'll move back a year. We'll step back to 2017, which is still quite recent. It's only four years ago. Harvey, don't don't pull that face because you should be knowing this. You're an F1 expert. Come on. Um, we'll go with Stoffel van Dorn's number. Add Pascal Verland's number. Minus Lance Stroll's number. I'm just going for punts in the dark at this point. The fact I've got the same answer to this question as I have done for a different question means I've definitely got one of them wrong. 
I'll go I'll go through them at the end. I'll go through them. Don't worry. I'll go through them at the end. One of my ready? answers in the minus two hundred, so um <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well I've got one wrong then. <laughs> okay, are we ready for the final one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, last one will go with 2015. And for 2015, I've got Alonso's number, add Marcus Ericsson's number, minus Kimi Raikkonen. And that's the last question in the quiz. I'll go through them when you guys have finished that question. I've done, roughly ish. I don't know. Done. Okay, so question one was Latifi minus Vettel times Mick Schumacher. Have we got that? Yeah. Yeah. Question two, Michael Schumacher times Jensen Button plus Lucas Degrassi. Have we got that? Yeah. Uh, question three was 2018 with Sorokin and Hartley minus Grosjean. Have we got that? Mm-hmm. Just need... Harvey- Harvey, you can go through it again if you want. You can you can think of it again. I'll give you time. I'm going to go with the gut and going to say it's right. Okay. Um, then question four was Van Dorn at Verline minus Stroll. And question five was Alonso at Ericsson minus Raikkonen. So we'll go through the answers now. I want your each individual answer for question one, please. I thought you were just going to tell us the answers. <laughs> I've got uh, 46. And Harvey? Minus 229. <laughs> <laughs> I think I even got to the point yet where I just didn't even remember if I was times in dividing or what I was doing. So, the, the correct answer was six minus five, which is one times by... 47, which is 47, which means, Cameron, you were one off. None of you get the point, which is the most recent one, which you should be getting. And Harvey got I, minus. I blame the calculator. I couldn't remember yet if it was five minus six or six minus five. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, for question two we went with the 2010s uh, which was michael schumacher button and degrassi harvey we'll go with your answer first 67 cameron 1045 at this rate we're gonna have to do a tiebreaker no 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 okay so Michael Schumacher was number three for 2010 with Jensen Button obviously winning the championship. So he was number one. So three times one is three. And Lucas Degrassi's 25 is 28. The correct answer was 28. So none of you were close. Which is um, question three, uh, 2018. Uh, Sorokin, Hartley, Grosjean. Cameron, going back to you. What's your 73. answer? Harvey? 82. The answer's 55. Uh, See, the last three are just off the top of my head. Me just going, oh, I don't know, maybe he's about, I don't know, 20. So, so 
Rockins 35, uh, Hartley's 28, and Grosjean's 8 is minus 8, which is 55. Um, moving back to question four for 2017, Van Dorn, Verlein, and Stroll, Harvey. 67. Cameron. 38. Well, if you add if you added an extra 40, you would be correct, but the answer is 78. Uh, makes me feel um, so Van Dorn was number two, Verlein was number 94 because of his date of birth, and Stroll was minus Stroll's 18, which makes 78. The final at least one Stroll's number right. And the final one is okay, is 2015. We had Alonso, Ericsson, and Raikkonen. Cameron, please. 29. Harvey. 75. I saw that site as soon as you looked at, down at your paper when I gave my answer, and it was just like, I can't believe this. <laughs> okay, not got it right again. Um, it's 14 plus Ericsson's nine minus Kimi Raikkonen's seven, which is 16. Okay, for a tiebreaker, it's not going to be an equation. It's going to be um, the closest answer. So I'm going to give you the year and the driver. If you get the closest to the driver number wins essentially this round. It, it's an absolute flop of a flop of a quiz, but hey hey. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give you 2012. Pastor Maldonado, Harvey. Thirteen. Cameron. Uh, Forty-seven. And the winner of the very lovely driver equations quiz, which ended up not being a very successful driver's race uh, numbers quiz, um, goes to Harvey. Pastor Maldonado's number was 18 in 2012, which means Harvey, by by default and by an absolute flop of a... I'm fuming. ...wins this. You're not fuming, though, are you? You, you, didn't, you didn't want this to be a feature, but I made it... <laughs> I made, I made it fun and I and I made you guys absolutely fail, which I mean for the for the viewers, for the for the listeners, um yeah, then they're not gonna be impressed with your F1 drivers numbers knowledge. <laughs> but, but anyway, thank you very much for listening to On the Grid podcast for the very first episode, which has been a very successful one. Thank you for to Cameron and to Harvey for joining me um in this episode. The next episode we'll be looking at after MLS, so after this weekend. Uh, thank you for listening and goodbye.